Hey everyone, and welcome to Off the Beaten Clef. This episode is going to be about Strawberry Girls, Tasmanian Glow. So let's get it. Everyone and welcome to Off the Beaten Clef. We are in instrumental April. Yeah, baby. I'm pretty excited, Kev. Yeah, me too. Um, like I said last week, I was kind of skeptical to start, especially with the name of this band and the name of this album. I was kind of thrown back a little bit, but uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I, you know, I had a lot more to say about each track than I thought I was going to. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, I've already taken my notes for the next episode as well, so I think I'm 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 fully sold on Instrumental April, and uh, I can't wait to get into it full steam. Yeah, and I think uh, we talked off air, and I actually tweeted about it. Um, oh, yeah. This is a breath of fresh air after New Metal March, which we had a lot of fun doing. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but um, it feels good to like fully encapsulate yourself in something that is like it's refreshing. Mm-hmm. It's not something I normally listen to. Um, Besides, like, working out and stuff. Um, So without further ado, we're going to talk about Strawberry Girls' Tasmanian Glow from 2019. Now, I'm going to get into some facts here in a second, but uh, did you know, you didn't know anything about this this band before? Nothing. Literally nothing. That's awesome. I knew minimal. Mm -hmm. I just started listening to them um, maybe a month or two beforehand. Um, They... All right, well, I'll just get into the facts and then I'll get to how I heard about them in my opening <laughs> Let's thoughts. Let's do it. Um, so this was released on October 18th, 2019. Um, they're assigned to a small record label called Tragic Hero Records. Uh, they're a three-piece band. There's a guitarist, Zach Garin, a drummer, Ben Rossett, and bassist, Ian Jennings. Interesting. Um, I would have thought there was two guitarists, but that's interesting. Yeah, all, all three members are multi-instrumentalists and record producers. Yeah, makes sense. Um it's it, if you listen to this band obviously if you're going to be an instrumental band you have to be really good at your instruments because that's all people hear <laughs> right. but um these I, I it's crazy that i've never heard of them because it seems like they're world class at, at what they do yeah no I, I agree i mean i think like you said if you're going to do something where you're not going to have lyrics to fall back on you better be fucking good at what you're doing so um, the band formed when uh, the guitarist Zach Garan left Dance Gavin Dance in 2010 and formed Strawberry Girls with Ben and Ian, who are formerly of the Trees. Which uh, I don't know if we ever talked about this on air, but I was really I was on a really big Dance Gavin Dance kick there for a while, and uh, I showed you some of their songs, and I was like, you know what? Sometimes the li- the words, the singer and the screamer, kind of just ruin the song for Damn. me, and I kind of stumbled upon them from a Dance Gavin Dance. Uh, artist playlist like when you finish an album it starts playing music on spotify yeah, 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 and sure. that's how i found strawberry girls they've been described as progressive rock experimental rock and post-hardcore that that's i would i would label them like a uh i don't know like almost like a neo jazz rock like that the, none of those labels are sufficient for me <laughs> yeah it just feels like it's you can't put a, a finger on exactly what yeah. this is. It's just, it's sexy, man. Yeah, it's it, well, yeah, there's sexy. that for sure. <laughs> uh, so Kev, I want to hear your opening thoughts. Uh, very minimal here. I was just, it was more about, um, 
how kind of skeptical I was. And, uh, but you killed it with this, man. I, I, I couldn't have been happier listening to this. So, you know, what, what was it that I texted you as soon as I was, I was leaving last, like, this is like taking a hot shower after a month of playing in the mud. It's like, it just starts off so nice and so clean. And, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it, it blew my socks off listening to this right away. And you know, that's, that's the sign of a good album to come. So yeah, it's, again, I do nothing about this band. So I didn't have a whole lot of opening thoughts to go into it with. Um, and yeah, I just, I like, I immediately loved it. So I can't wait to, to hop into it here. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of had the, the same thoughts. Like I discovered them, uh, well, I was on a road to kind of find more instrumental music, uh, new instrumental music, and it was kind of before we decided to do instrumental April. But I, I actually used uh, the drummer Ben Rossett. His song of the week was the first song that I picked. That's right. I remember you telling me that last week. And I was like, the drums just go so hard. And to find out he was in a band and an instrumental band that sounds a lot like Dance Gavin Dance, it was just like the perfect marriage of what I was exactly looking for. Um. And they just, I just love Strawberry Girls because they go for so many sounds and it just seems like they execute it because if you're multi-instrumentalist, they all understand each other and they're all like, you and I have a huge heart on for when people are in in synchronization and that's just like, it's, it's, it's so much fun. Knowing how to play multiple instruments too is going to allow you to write better music just naturally. I mean, if you know if you write a guitar lick and you know, you know exactly what kind of bass line would work well with it or what kind of, you know, you know, rhythm would go with it. Like that's, you're just, and you got three people that can all do that at the same, it almost feels like, like too many cooks in the kitchen kind of thing, but it, they, they make it work, which is awesome. You would not know this is a three person band. No, like I said, I thought there was another, I thought it was at least four. <laughs> so that was news to me. Uh, Strawberry Girls is experimental yet familiar somehow. Yeah. And I think after the grueling week, we put ourselves through, the grueling weeks we put our through ourselves through last month. This was refreshing and kept my interest for all 43 minutes. And it's nice to be in the lower half of an hour for an hour. Right now, right? Um, nonetheless, it's a fun start from a band that is not super well known, but it might be our first true venture off the beaten cliff. Yeah, I think so. It might be, it really might be. Um, but yes, this was, this was interesting to take notes for because of the known lyrics, which there's actually two songs with vocals in it, but, um, yeah, I'm excited to uh, to get into it. Um, I'll let you go first with Bay of Fires. Okay, sweet. Uh, like I said, right off the bat, the, the the production value on this is just striking, and you like you know what kind of a hard on I get for just production value. It's just it's so clean, man. It's it's if you've ever listened to like a big jazz like like new jazz neo jazz like ensemble and the way they record this sound it's it just, just always so crisp and clean you can hear everything and this is exactly what this reminded me of it's like you know it's like sex to my ear almost you know what i mean it's not like somebody's having sex with my ear but it's like you know it's sexual for my my auditory yeah uh senses here um and i, I you know there's I don't know how many people are going to get this reference other aside from maybe my brother but this song reminds me of the music in the game Dynasty Warriors it's very like intense and high energy and you get dumped into this like pulsing throbbing moving sonic world right away with this album in Bay of Fires it's just it's just a great track and it, you know it doesn't it doesn't hold your hand at all it's like hey you're you're here you're dumped into our little whirlwind of music and i love it it's uh it's just a great great opener i love it yeah i 
I kind of said the same thing. I said it feels the song feels like a chasing in an action movie, or yeah. better yet, a kick-ass way to begin an album. Yep. Uh, the guitars and the drums move with purpose, and it's a good indication of things that are that are coming in the album. The guitars, drum, and bass move in synchronization to move their true prowess with a song that only clocks in at a minute fifty four. Yeah. Um, so there's something that I'm going to comment on first couple songs, and then I realize it happens in every song, but I still <laughs> fucking go apeshit for it. A woo in a song that's so pop punk, it's fucking yeah. insane. Yeah. And I, anytime there's a I'm like, yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. That could be the only lyric in any song for the rest of my life, and yeah, I would be, no, I, I would still get excited about it. Yep, it's like, Ugh, or, yeah, or, go. Flu. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, um, it just makes sense. And, yeah, it's a good indication of things to come for this album. Mm-hmm. So that was Bay of Fires. Number two is Tasmanian Glow. It's kind of follow, Tasmanian Glow kind of follows the vibe of Bay of Fires. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the guitars are tuned the same way, uh, similar riffs. Um, but the title track's guitars feel familiar to the previous song, giving continuity. And it's almost like it's one big song, track one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, the picking and the, the drum sequence from uh, 40 seconds, then it kicks back up into the pace. Or it picks it back up the pace at uh, second 55 makes it feel like these guys have been playing together forever. Yeah. And I think this is only their third or fourth studio album, but it feels like to go at that pace and be in that in sync. It's kind of like when we talk about metal albums, it's like, this isn't the first album (laughs) song. This is something that's taken a lot of time and a lot of practice. And they threw a woo at the beginning and the end of the song (laughs) to real. They're like, Oh, you like that one woo? Here comes two. So I I was really excited about Tasmanian Glow. Uh, yeah, man, I, I wrote very much the same thing. Like if you if you weren't looking up to see the track change, you almost wouldn't recognize that the track changed. It's it's, it's really cool. To, I love when people, like songs do that. Uh, obviously, being an instrumental album, you're going to be able to do that a little bit more easy. And it's just a really cool recording technique that you know you used to not be able to do with like cassette tapes or like CDs or something like that. Cause you'd have to have that little break in and it's just, I don't know. It's, it's really cool to hear um, how digital recording has changed the way you record music uh, where you can almost have like an unbroken flow to your entire album and just break it up into tracks where you feel like it needs to be broken up, which is cool. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, I really started to feel the vibe at this point. It's like these guys, they're so interesting. It's like instrumental pop, punk, jazz fusion. That's the, that's what I would call them. Yeah. Cause it's definitely, there's a lot of jazzy shit in here. It's just, you know, with the time, they, they, this super difficult timing signature throughout this entire song, it's nuts, man. And they switch it up over and over and over again. And, um, the way the rest of the, the the other two wrap themselves around that that very very difficult drumming time signature that this that is laid down here, uh, it's just like a smooth caress. You know, it could be very very cacophonous if people can't do it right. And uh, it, you know, I love like difficult time signatures, and when people can make them work, it's just so so satisfying. Uh, it's almost like. Um, People always talk about John Bonham and how they played different times. He played a different time signature than the rest of the band was playing in Led Zeppelin. And, you know, it's it's like that times a million in this song. It's just, it's really fucking cool, man. And, uh, yeah, it was it's just a cool, again, it just continuing onwards with this, the coolness of this. The album. cool thing about Ben Rossett being a drummer is, like, he's playing at, like, hyperspeed, but mm-hmm. still, like, 
it still makes sense with the slow tempo. Sometimes. It's accurate. There's, there's so that's the word. That's if I had to describe this word, this album in one word, it would be accuracy. There's so much accurate. There's not a sour note here. It's this awesome. motherfucker don't miss. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man, uh, just a great track. Um, so we'll move on to Moonwalker, which is next. Um, and I said, what is this? A spy flick? All of a sudden. <laughs> Uh, it's just this, like there's this bouncy bass and this the very flanged guitar and with there's a wah pedal in there and it's just it's a very very seventies spy flick feel to it, um, and it's you know by the time the main theme kicks in it, it changes drastically but it's still a spy flick you're just into the chase scene at this point um, it's a, you know the the first verse is like a fight scene you know quote unquote ver i did air quotes i realized you couldn't see that um but yeah the, so the first quote unquote verse is like a fight scene like the big boss battle um uh, and then the second one is like the triumphant the triumphant walk off with the the girl at the end of the movie and it's just it really kind of takes you through the like and i don't know how what the runtime is on this but it's you go through an entire like 70 spy flick in the for you know from beginning to end here and it's it's really really cool um it, it plays very much like a closing credits track uh, for us, like kind of like reprising, like you're seeing all the cool moments from the, the movie as you're watching it. And this, that's what this feels like to me. And it's just really, really cool. Um, I'm assuming Moonwalker sounds like a James Bond title too. Yeah. Moonwalker. Yeah. It's got like that dreamy guitar that opens into almost like a, you said seventies. I kind of felt f- like a funk jam, which I guess is kind of well, the same. Yeah. Well, I said like seventy, just the, like that that era of movie, not necessarily like the. the but yeah, funk sure. Yeah, is in the seventies. This is the track that I had in mind when I said it reminded me of Daft, the Daft Punk album we sure. did. Um, it just it lays a bed for like Pharrell Williams just to come in and write like sensual lyrics about <laughs> yeah. we're up all night to get some or something. I don't know. <laughs> feel free to paraphrase it for real and write a different <laughs> song about it on this. Um, cause that's something people do for strawberry girls music is people come in six months after the album's over and they write lyrics over it and they end up being pretty fun songs, which we'll get into in a little bit, but I, re- I enjoy the song for the same. Re- it gives you time. It like, makes your mind wander. It mm-hmm. like, paints a picture somehow without actually saying anything. And I think that's a really cool, I think cool that's song. so much more impressive than like painting a picture. If you can just paint, paint with all the colors of the wind, right? <laughs> <laughs> paint with all the colors of your three piece band. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's so much more impressive than, I mean, obviously great lyrics are amazing, but I, I really do appreciate that great instrumental music for that reason. The next one is baby Sprite. Mm-hmm. What a name, baby yeah. Sprite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the guitar intro sounds like an indie band, but it unravels into a Ben Rossett show. Mm-hmm. This guy has chops, and the guitar makes for uh, makes for a song that makes me gradually stand up and clap and air drum along, <laughs> and wish to God I had his talent. Like this is where in the album you go from like, oh, this guy's pretty good at drumming, where you're like, that's all I can hear in this song. Yep. Like, guitars and bass, they fuck, but this dude just he's on a whole other planet. Yeah. Uh, the guitar is so fun here, and I love the diversity already of, of the guitars because we've had a little funky, and then this almost sounds like if you were listening to like an indie opener band or something. Yeah, this is I, almost like straight-up jazz for me almost. Really? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the kind of the way I got it is, you know, you know, you start off with the, just a just killer kick drum at the beginning, and then you get a just killer drum roll. It's just, you're right, it's it's a clinic in, in experimental drumming here. 
it, yeah, I think it's 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 the, by far the most experimental and jazzy we've gotten thus far. And you know, I love to hear. I like listening to jazz music now that I'm older because I feel like jazz is something that you listen to once you've listened to everything else and you want to hear things be different or you want to hear something break the mold. And that's what jazz does so well while still making it pleasurable to listen to. And I think you have to listen to a lot of music first before you can really appreciate jazz. Somebody who is like 12 years old and says they like jazz, I I don't believe them. You have to, (laughs) you have to experience. Just say you like wearing fedoras. dude. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you had to say. I mean, there's some people that grew up with, I mean, that's all they've listened to. So maybe that's the only way, but I think for like normal people, I think to really appreciate the way jazz kind of just takes musical language and just throws it against the wall and sees what sticks is really something you can only appreciate once you've like really listened to a lot of music in your life. And, uh, this, this is a perfect example of how experimental jazz can be and a great example of it working. Cause sometimes it doesn't, but, uh, here it does. And it's just really, really cool, man. It just got this, I don't know. It just, it makes you feel smart <laughs> yeah. for, for listening to it. You know, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to sit here and be like, Oh, jazz is only for smart people because it's not, I mean, anybody can enjoy it, but I really do think, you know, you appreciate it much more once you hear how music can sound when it's bounded by constrictions. And then when you just pop off those restrictions and let people flow, it's just, it becomes a whole new world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, straight into dream girl, which is the next track. Um, the intro gives me huge Baroness vibes and we'll do Baroness at some point. One of my favorite bands of all time. Um, it's almost like, uh, it, it's just the way their guitars are t- like, uh, the tone in their guitars is, is, is so similar to the way Baroness sounds. And that's one of, they have such a cool sound. Um, but that's neither here nor there. This song, it's a cool chill track. It's, it's a nice cool down, like from what we've gotten so yeah. far. Um, it's like we're working out, we're like we're working out, but it, it, but this is more like a quick jog around the weight room, like a cool down set. You know what I mean? It's like okay, I just fucking maxed out, you know, three different muscle groups. Now I'm gonna go, kind of work that lactic acid out. You know, I'm still I'm still moving, but I'm it's cooling down. Yeah, you know? it's it's definitely mid tempo and not like a like a, a a power ballad or something. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not it's not power ballad. Yeah, you're right. Mid tempo is a good way to describe it. Um, so, you know, whoever this guitarist is can fucking fly, dude, with with accuracy, just up and down the fretboard. Um, and, the, you know, the middle of the song is just the drummer and the lead guitarist just having a pissing contest. Just who can who can play their instrument better? I can. Nope, I can. And it's just, and I'm here for it, dude. It's so fun to listen to. Yeah, it almost feels like a, f- a face-off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really like is. they're facing each other and they're just like it's like dueling banjos almost, except yeah. they're not playing the same shit. It's like, <laughs> look what I can do. Well, I can do it better. Um, yeah, this song is is fun. Sorry, you just, you tackled most of the shit I was gonna say. So I'm <laughs> like, oh shit, well, I guess I gotta I gotta reconfigure what I was gonna say. Um, it's it's no standout like uh, most most of the albums. It doesn't make it like it's no by no means a bad song, no. but it's it's the small little dip you have to take to get back into the rest of the album. And I think if it was too high up the whole time, you'd eventually burn out. And I think to have a little dip, but still have some woos, which, you know, (laughs) 
keep me in. Got to keep your woos. <laughs> uh, it makes it makes for a solid track, and it makes for a good track five. Yeah. Um, which I guess before we keep going, this album is set up pretty great too. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, again, being an instrumental album, you almost have to do it that way. You know, you can't hide behind like little stupid interludes and stuff like that. You have your album construction has to be perfect and spot on. Mm-hmm. Uh, track number six, Mini Ripper. Yeah, bud. I did this on purpose. Yeah, I'm sure you did. I did because <laughs> goddamn, this song is awesome. <laughs> this is by far my favorite track on the album. Um, maybe one of my favorite instrumentals of all time, wow. but you know, I'm a, I'm a walking hyperbole, so I'm just going to exaggerate. Everything's my favorite until the next. Yeah. Thing. Again, we've discussed this. That's perfectly okay. But it, yeah, you, something can't be your favorite if you haven't experienced it yet. You know what? If, every time I say something's my favorite and every time Kevin says cacophonous, uh, you got to take a shot. So have I said it a bunch? I think you said it a couple episodes. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. An episode. I say it almost every week for sure. Yeah. It's one of my favorite words. It's the best word. Yeah. Yeah. I actually learned what that word was by uh, a Blink-182 song. Oh, nice. Yeah, from an old, old... Anyway, we're getting off track. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, (laughs) this is by far my favorite song on the album. It's got this sexy guitar Mm -hmm. intro where you're like, oh, these dudes mean business. Like, this last song, they took it easy on us, but now they're back and they want... They're out for blood. Uh, Then the drums building momentum into this gigantic chorus... And I know you're asking me, Dylan, how does an intr- instrumental song have a chorus? This song does. Yeah, it does. Um, it feels like there's words in your mind. Like, I can picture lyrics in my head. I feel like this is like a full, full-bodied full song. This song has no room for lyrics whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, and it feels like there's enough being said with the instrumentation. And there's just not a wasted second on this song. I love the haze and hose added in. And it almost sounds like um, like Super Mario Kart characters. <laughs> hey! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, which reminds me, Ben Rossett has a song called Kirby. And it's just like Kirby uh, sounds. Interesting. And it's got like drums and uh, like a hip-hop beat to it. And it's fucking sweet. Dope. Uh, but anyway, getting off track. I freaking love Mini Ripper. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll let you go first and then I'll tell my little fun fact afterward. Okay, well, I, you know, I wrote, you know, you ready to make love? Because you, you will be after this intro. And then I said, oh, just kidding. We're actually going to sprint up a mountain. Because it, it's a, <laughs> and not only any mountain, but a mountain in Mexico. Because there's very flamenco-inspired track um, and a kick drum that just doesn't quit in this song. It's, it's so prevalent. And, uh, you know, a lot of times in, like, pop music and stuff, you don't hear kick drums as much. It's more... Uh, I don't know. I just, I really love kick drum. I mean, maybe that's just a, be me being a product of being a metalhead. But when I hear an awesome kick drum, I'm fucking salivating. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the, the distortion, and this is a, this is another song that reminds me of one of my favorite bands of all time, CKY. Um, not in the entire song, but certainly for the bridge of this song, the guitars are they're tonally very similar to what CKY sounds like. And, um, yeah, man, it's just like the the only way I, could, I couldn't get just the image of somebody like flash sprinting up the side of a mountain, and then once they get to the top, making love again. <laughs> it's, really, it's 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 the only thing I could think about while listening to the song, and it's perfect for what you were talking about. It's you know, it's there's no room for anything else other than fucking and sprinting. <laughs> yeah, they leave no room. Um, but I think I mentioned six months after. Pharrell could write lyrics for this, but 
someone actually wrote lyrics for this song yeah. and put it over it. And I sent it to you on your way over here. Um, it's from the guy featured in it is Nick Newsham, which it's just a single that you guys can search for. I'll add it in our show notes. Um, it, it's fun, but it just it's not as fun as the the instrumental track. Mm-hmm. You feel the same way? No, yeah, totally. I think uh, it's cool. I like when bands write their their instrumentals as instrumentals first, and then add lyrics over top because then at least you have a kick ass bed. Um, but when you listen to the instrumental first and you put lyric and you hear the lyrical version second, it's like, well, you kind of ruined it. <laughs> yeah, I think it kind of takes away from some of the things you can hear in the yeah. instrumental that are really fun. Um, but yeah, Man yeah, I mean, it's, it's 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 recorded in a way to where you need to hear every little morsel, every little nook and cranny of the musicianship going on, and so having somebody sing over top of that, you you lose some of the magic of the instrumental. So yeah, I think he throws in some like, yeah, and they're like, yo. Well, quit trying to overtake what these guys are doing. I mean, like, it, it works with the tone of the song. Again, sure. like I said, it sounds very flamenco-esque. So, um, I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> it's not on this album. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, next, Cradle Mountain, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Loving is finished. Let's race down the mountain. <laughs> uh, the guitar riff that pops in at the 42nd mark is so fucking stanky like stanky ass cheese man it's so so good um it, it, this song feels like you're playing crazy. it sounds like something that would be in crazy taxi like that's the best way to describe the energy here. it's like that like early 2000s pop punk like you're driving around skidding around a fucking boardwalk city um and yeah, you're just trying to get somewhere fast. And, uh, you know, the outro is the end of the stage where you see how sick of a driver you were before lighting up that sig and calling it a day. <laughs> it's a yeah. good little cool down outro. And I, I love it, man. It's just, like I said, it's, I, that's all I could think about was just driving around a crazy taxi. And, you know, it, that's the kind of energy that you get from this. And it, it's really, really cool. Yeah. I, the, the plucky guitars and it's got a fun little dancey sequence in yeah. the chorus. Um, I really thought I was going to come down harder on this song just because you are coming down the slope of the mountain of yep. Many Ripper, but I really appreciate this song. And the toned down last minute gives us like ethereal feeling that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really haven't had that yet. It's where yeah, they kind of right. get in. This is where it starts getting a little more experimental. Like no song has been the same yet, but we're still like, it's kind of weaving in and out. Mm-hmm. And there's like this slow, huge buildup at the very end, and it just gives out. The floor gives out. Yeah. It's just like, hell yeah, what a way to construct a song. <laughs> yeah. Like, now I got to listen to the next song. Yep. Even if you're late to work and you're sitting in your car and it ends on Cradle Mountain, you're like, what's five more minutes of being late? Because I got to go into Love Trip now. Late, hey, late is late, you know? <laughs> there's no degrees of lateness. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Love Trip. You want to, I know this is your favorite no, song. No, go ahead. It's fine. <laughs> oh, you mean you thought Dill was going to pick an album without a token sex song? <laughs> Fuck out of here. <laughs> this song spews sex without saying a word. Yeah. It's called Love Trip, so I guess we could have expected it, but I did not expect it to be this damn sexy. Uh, the guitar is so dope. There's this more ethereal feeling that is kind of carried from the last song into this song as well. And... When they slow it down from minute from forty seconds to one twenty, and then again from one forty one to two twenty nine, it just builds that momentum when it goes into the chorus. And this is another song that feels like it has a chorus, and it just makes you bob your head more. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I just don't have enough good things to say about this song. If you had to pick two songs, obviously Mini Ripper and Love Trip are, are the ones to listen to. And I know it's like an analogy I've used before, but when it slows down from 40 seconds to 120 and then it does it again later on in the song, it makes you lean in mm-hmm. right before it punched you in the fucking face. Yep. Love trip. Yeah, man. It's a, you know, I read this song absolutely fucking rips, dude. It's, it's so, so good. Like that little, it's so good. And it's, it's, I, I'm not doing it justice. You have to listen to it because it's, it's like, it's like you're stabbing somebody with a stiletto. That's what it feels like. It's, you know, you got, you're getting stabbed in your eardrum with this riff and it's so, so, so good, man. The way he drums yeah. with that, the at the very end where he's just like picking up yeah. the speed and it's like, how's this still working? Yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's incredible, man. It's like, um, yeah, I can't imagine like sitting in a like little joint and hearing this live dude and just everybody just fucking vibing in their seats. It's just, it's so, so good. Um, there's these ethereal interludes mixed in, um, and it's just some of the coolest instrumentation I've heard in a long, long time, man. It's just, it's, it, this track blew me the fuck away. I love it. it. It doesn't sound complicated, but it's so fucking grimy and slimy and delicious and scrumptious. And it's, but it, you just can't get enough. It's, it's easily my favorite album or even song on the album. It's again, it doesn't sound complicated but it you when you really break it down it's incredibly complicated to be able to make that sound good because it really is it's like it's very sharp sounds it's not like beautiful melodies and you know la-di-da it's you're getting punched or you're 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 literally getting puncture wounds listening to this guitar and I, i just can't get enough of it man it's so so fucking good um so yeah, let's lead into Angel Dust, which is a cheater fucking song, Dill. This is instrumental April. Um this is the one that I wouldn't consider a cheater. <laughs> this is, there's lyrics <laughs> through the entire song. Listen here, I went to genius.com <laughs> oh, trying to look right. up lyrics for this song and it said instrumentation. <laughs> and I was like, that's good enough for me. Is <laughs> an instrument. Yeah, whatever, dude. Um you know, I wrote Nicole Woodward has a very cool kind of Gwen Stefani esque voice, which I really dig. Um, I, I grew up loving No Doubt, so anytime I hear a, a female vocalist in that same vein, you know, I'm pumped about it. Um, but it feels like the band had to restrain, kind of like we were talking about um, with Mini Ripper. It feels like the band had to restrain themselves to make room for Nicole's vocals, which kind of takes me out of what I've, you know, this this awesome trip I've been on so far, and you know. There's nothing wrong with this song, but coming off of Love Trip, you have to give me more than this. Yeah, I need, I need more. Like yeah. this, this, it's it. There's one thing to have a cool down song, but this just feels like a disappointment. Again, it's not a bad song, uh, not by any stretch of imagination. I love every song on this album, but it just doesn't feel like it feels like they. This is a little bit of a falter here. Yeah, it's 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 a song with actual lyrics, which I couldn't find online, but instead, it kind of. It feels like her vocals are almost more instrumental than than actual. Yeah, vocals. you might be right because there's like a, a lot of like. Ah, I don't even know how. To, what, what would you call that? You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It, it feels like you're listening to a woman like sitting on top of a piano in a jazz club. Like, yeah, sure. Like it's banked down and cigarette smoke, and you just like you can see her feet dangling from the piano. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I picture with this song, and. 
I feel like the second half of this album really slows it down, and I really like the ethereal drink because I realized I wrote that word a lot. So everybody <laughs> drank ethereal. Uh, I feel like they're not afraid to go slow things down on the second half of this album, and mm-hmm. I think that's where I start having just as much fun because moments still aren't wasted when it's it's slowed down, and the sounds are still just as full. It's just the tempo is not as quick as the first half. Yeah. So the next one is Faith Healer. Yes, sir. There's uh, the plucky guitars are back, baby, mm-hmm. uh, with the drums feeling a lot more hip-hop infused in this song. In the last 45 seconds, they just... It's straight-up trap beat. Yeah. Yeah, there's no... no about, yeah, it's great. That's <laughs> just like, God. <laughs> it's something you feel like you've heard before, but not quite yeah. like this. It's just... It's a really catchy song, and it's... In track ten, they're still mixing it up. They threw in a hit, a track, a trap beat. It's it's crazy town. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every time you say it's crazy town, I can't help but think of fucking the band Crazy Town, <laughs> Butterfly. You're my butterfly, sugar baby. I fucking hate that song. I used to love it, but I hate it now. Anyway, um, we're done with New Metal March. Stop talking about it. Um, they said, oh, yeah, this is a bit. Encore. No. Encore. <laughs> Fuck that, dude. This has all been a ploy to listen to Crazy Town. <laughs> <laughs> never. Never will I ever. Um, but, yeah, no, it's the song is, like, a bit heavier. Like, I kind of like that. I love that kind of that. Again, we're still getting new stuff here. Um the, the tone up till now has been very kind of light and bouncy or stabby, like in the <laughs> love trip. Um, but it hasn't quite sunk down into like a really groovy pocket like this song does. You know, it kind of, it, I can feel it emanating from like a jazz fusion club, like you were just talking about in the last song. Um, and not being able to resist the urge to kind of poke my head in and see what's going on. You know, those little speakeasies that were down underneath the street in an alleyway, that's what this song sounds like it should be playing in. Um, there's a lot of re- there's a lot of really um, interesting like metal and rock elements in this song too, way more than we've heard. And I think a lot of the other songs, it just again, it just it's like silk to my ear, man. And uh, it just again the trap right at the end, just fuck. I was like, what the fuck? Like, what is this? Like, it, 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 I love it, but it's like this is not what I expected. And it's uh, yeah, it's just a cool track, man. You know, this song definitely healed me from the last one from Angel Dust. <laughs> yeah, where Haley Haley did you wrong, Haley Nicole <laughs> Woodward. <laughs> uh, so yeah, in the first kiss. Um, so we're at the point in the album, and where we get to it about every album, where you start to understand what the album is about, right? You understand what's going on. You understand that this is the sound they're going for, and this this track is no exception to that. And again, it's not. It's not a bad track. It's really, really cool, actually. I think it just it it falls victim to being on like the back half of an album. Um, I don't think there's a skippable track on this on, on this album, which is rare for me to say. I mean, even in albums that I love, there's multiple skip tracks. And uh, yeah, no, it just it's it's also almost eight minutes. <laughs> is it? I think so. Yeah. Oh shit. Um, it just there needs to be something more here to get my panties in a twist. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it sounds like this could have been inserted with any other song and like the, you know, the top half of the album. And it would have been, I would have loved it. And the, 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 the song they replaced it with would have been not as catchy to me. So this I, is one I, of their more popular songs on Spotify. Is it? Well, that yeah. makes, I mean, if that makes sense, I guess if they released it as a single or people just kind of discovered it and they didn't listen to it, an entire, like almost an entire album before it, I could see this being again, 
you know, I don't, I don't dislike it. I think it just suffers the same fate that a lot of songs do at this part of the album where it's just like, okay, I get it. I need something new and you need to keep me fresh at this point. Yeah. So yeah, again, that's all I really had to say. Um, but it is cool though. I, I, again, there's not a skippable track on this album to me. For sure. If you're a dance Gavin dance fan, this song feels like an instrumental to one of their songs. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the song that really caught my eye when I discovered Strawberry Girls. I started looking through their Spotify and I found this song and then I found Tasmanian Glow. So this is one of the first exposures I had to the album. Right. Um, super reverb guitars and it's fast paced, kind of like Dance Gavin Dance. And I really enjoy the song. Uh, part of the song makes me feel like I'm an Ace Ventura pet detective in Miami trying to figure out who <laughs> sure. killed Roger Predactor. Like, I can still hear that song that's like playing and it's like super <laughs> Miami Vicey. But uh, <laughs> I really wanted to mention Rob, uh, Roger Predactor because I feel like he didn't get he didn't get his true justice. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but half of the song is like super Miami Vice. The other half is like post hardcore, yeah. which I guess is kind of the guitarist's roots anyway. But do you think any other band has said they made they? They hear post-hardcore and Ace Ventura in the same <laughs> yeah, sense. Probably not. <laughs> that was a weird thing to write down. I was like, post-hardcore and Ace Ventura. You know what, man? When you get an instrumental an instrumental album, you know, shit's sh- weird. Shit's gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> I think we should create a, a like a joke band and call it Ace Ventura's post-hardcore side project. Okay. Okay. I'm down. We just got to learn how to play guitars at a world-class level. Easy enough. Should take, <laughs> should take us 15 years, 15, 20 years. We'll be there. Yeah. We'll still be doing the show then, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the next one is Sasha. Yeah. Which I only know the name Sasha from JD Scooter from Scrubs. So that's immediate. I was about Sasha Baron blue- Cohen, maybe? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I was thinking of JD's blue scooter yeah. from Scrubs. <laughs> um, they, they let the bass go forward in this song. Yeah, man. And it was the first time it really got to be like the... It's yes. like, hey, we know you, you've you been going through a lot in this this album base. You've been doing a good job. There's a lot of songs we can still hear you, and you're killing it. <laughs> but we're going to let you have this one. And it feels like a really – it's like a fun, slow intro. But then at like minute 104, I think is the time signature I wrote down, yep. the guitarist is like, I can't wait anymore. <laughs> He's like, okay, I waited long enough. I think one minute is long enough to just come in here and melt my fucking face off. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. <laughs> he freaking Leroy Jenkins did, dude. Yep. It was like he went to the bathroom and came back and was like, he, anyway. <laughs> but this this chorus is metal as fuck. Mm-hmm. The guitars, bass, and, and drums just go off. And for track eleven or track twelve, like we we only got one song after this. This feels like a last track song to yeah, me. Yeah, it does. Um, but I wrote this is like an encore song. It's it's not the one everyone's clamoring to hear. It's the one you show your prowess as musicians because yeah. the, all three of them get to shine in this song, and it's uh, probably one of the more impressive instrument instrumentations I've heard. And it's almost prog metal, as Kevin. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, you know, I, I, it's funny you say this sounds like a closer because in a weird way, it reminds me of Contact from uh, Random Access Memories. It's got that same kind of like. All right, we're gonna do this slow little intro, and then we're, whoo, you're into space and you're flying through this wormhole at the speed of light, and it's just it never quits. Um, it's just something about it just kind of takes me to that same place, and I, it was really cool because I love that song, you know. And um, 
And it, you know, I read the same thing. I was like, "Holy fuck! What the fuck is that bass guitar doing?" <laughs> they have a bassist. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard a bass like I've listened to a lot of bass forward music, but I've never heard a bass guitar sound like it does on this track. And I, I absolutely love it. It's 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 so far forward to be featured like that. It's almost like the lead guitarist and the bassist just flips places. Like a lot of times, you'll get bass solos or like I don't know. It's 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 really fucking cool, man. It's it's. I'm trying to think of a proper analogy. I don't know. I'm I'm striking out on my analogies here recently, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it's just it's great. Let's go with that. That's a that's a good way to describe it. Um, and yeah, it's heavy. It's a song's heavy as hell. Um, I would say it would fit right in on a Faith No More or a Muse album, and nobody would bat an eye. Like you could just punt, like plop this in on any one of their albums, and people are like, oh yeah, I could see this. Yeah, this is Muse being weird, or this is Faith No More being faith no more yeah <laughs> um but yeah this is like like this is how you make a, a, la- a last late album track first kiss you dummy <laughs> you big you big dummy right before this <laughs> this is this is how this is to me this is this is the kind of shit i want to hear at the end of an album it's still wildly different um and I don't know. Maybe it was just one one song too long. Maybe yeah. <laughs> for me, for me at least. You know, it's a, this is my opinion on it. Um, but yeah, this song, this song fucking kills, dude. It's awesome. Um, which leads right into the last track, which is Party Nights. So I, I wasn't expecting to really like this song, but then because it also has vocals on it, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I love it, man. I, I actually really, really liked this song. It's. Uh, it almost sounds like a reprisal of the beginning of the album. It's got a lot of those same like themes that you hear musically. Um, and honestly, you know, I was like, I didn't really want vocals and instrument on April, but I, it works super well here. Um, it's a great windows down or pool song. Just got that same cool jazzy feel, but it's been popified. It's like, this is a pop jazz song almost or pop, like, you know, pop punk, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just a cool easy easy listener and it's a great closer to the album i I love it man i didn't expect to like it as much as i did but it's uh yeah it's great it's this album's so fucking good man i'm gonna be listening to this one again for a long time yeah yeah same i i was standoffish with the the vocals too at first but i also warmed up to it the more i listened to Mm -hmm. it and it's just a fun song. You can yeah, fight. It's, it's, it's kind of like pop music. You know, you can fight it all you want, but you're going to be tapping the toes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, it, it, it's a great summer jam. And I don't think we need to, to harp on it too yeah. much, but it's called party nights. I mean, that's what you put it on a party. You're going to have a good time. Yeah. And yeah, let's get into closing thoughts. Eh? Cool. You want me to go? Sure. Okay, cool. Yeah, again, I, I've, much like my opening, I don't have a whole lot here. Um, again, I was I was really skeptical, but you knocked it out of the park, man. I couldn't have asked for a better start to Instrument or April. Um, this this song is, or this album has already made it onto multiple playlists for me. Um, and it just goes to show, you know, that music is vast. And you, you think you've heard everything you can hear, and then you experience something like this. And, you know, all you need to do is just start a podcast with your buddy. And uh, it'll lead you places you never expected. That's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's just I, I I feel the same way. I didn't expect to be a guy that was super in, into instrumentals. I listened to like Explosions in the Sky in high school because I heard it on that <laughs> Friday Night Lights movie, <laughs> and sure. so I got super into a couple of the albums. But like that was like study music. This mm-hmm. is like roll down your music, roll down your windows, and I'm gonna jam this shit. 
and it's so much fun. And I, I, I couldn't believe the amount of listens that got on Spotify. It's almost criminal with yeah. how good these guys are. It makes you feel like, well, maybe they're making money elsewhere, but you almost want them to be more successful because of how much of a positive impact they've had in my life. Sure. Just in the few weeks I've been listening <laughs> yeah. to them. Um, but yeah, it's just, it was a perfect, like the weather's breaking, it's getting into spring and it just felt like this was like, these guys are from California and you can feel that. Yeah, like, yeah, sure. It's just, I don't know, it was a good, it was a perfect time and it was perfect us getting out of the grime of March oh, yeah. and getting out of new metal. It was just like, we shed, we shed our winter skin and now we're, we're fully into to April. Yeah. And I, you know, I hope what a lot of people get out of this is I, I've always been a huge fan of instrumental music. Like I've been listening to like world music and classical and EDM, which is very instrumental a lot of the time too. Um, and so this stuff I naturally like, but I didn't, I didn't know, again, I didn't know if we would be able to accurately portray how awesome instrumental music can be in a podcast. And I just really hope it, you know, it, if you're listening, you know, go out and give this shit a try because instrumental music is so, so cool. It's not just background music. There's a lot more there. You know, I, 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 I get tired of people saying like, oh, well, it doesn't have lyrics. It can't be like as good. Like, no, it's better. It's way better. <laughs> I think we've mentioned either off the air together or on this show, like sometimes lyrics ruin songs. Yeah. Well, sometimes vocalists ruin songs too. I think that's more apropos than, cause you know, lyrics are lyrics, but you know, there's certain vocalists, like I've talked about it before in metal. It's like, I fucking love the instrumentation, but it's, there's this just shitty growler over top. And I'm like, I can't listen to this. It sucks. There's a, so many metal bands that I would love if there were just instrumental, <laughs> instrumental <Yeah>. bands. <laughs> so yeah, I think, you know, once concerts start coming back around, this would be a fun concert oh, for us yeah. to go to. I would love to go see them live. That would be fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. First instrumental April album yeah, is in the book, Strawberry Girls, Tasmanian Glow. Do you want to get into what album you're picking for next week? Yeah, sure. So I picked uh, Rodrigo y Gabriela. Um, Eleven Eleven. Uh, it's 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 uh, an album I wore out. When this came out, I think 2009, mm-hmm. um, my brother Ben and I love, love, love this album. There's a song on this album that was my ringtone for <laughs> multiple years, and uh, I just can't get enough of it. It's, it's flamenco guitar um, with a twist. They're very, they're, they take a lot of influences from a lot of different places, and they, it, they almost, I think, I don't know if they started it, but they're, they're labeled as like Nuevo Flamenco, you know, new Flamenco or Neo Flamenco yeah, because of the way they revolutionized the, you you can play and the way it can sound. It's just, they're so fucking good. And if you, if you've never seen them, go watch them play live. Um, because you don't really understand how talented they really are until you can see them playing together and oh, like, Oh shit, they're playing all that shit at the same time. That's crazy. So, um, I'm excited for you to actually dig in and really take some notes on it. Um, there's some cool little Easter eggs in every, every little song. So I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to do it. Um, if you guys want to hear an instrumental album that, uh, we haven't, we haven't mentioned so far, give us a shout. We're on Instagram. Off the Beaten Clef, and we're on Twitter, Off Clef. Song of the Week? Song of the Week! (laughs) I was going to forget it. Um, My Song of the Week, My Wife and Two Dogs by Quinn92. It's from his new album, Change of Scenery 2, and it was released on March 5th. It's barely a two-minute song. Jeremy's Jeremy's been in your ear, hasn't he? 
don't get it confused. I showed Jeremy Quinn 92. <laughs> Just because Jeremy only likes one thing doesn't make Jeremy the fan of it. <laughs> he sends me things. He's like, did you listen to New Quinn 92? I'm like, yes, I listen to music every day. I'm like, hey, did you listen to New Quinn 92? It's pretty good. It's pretty good, man. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd really like it, though. But as a man who has two dogs and has a shorty, it's it's like exactly what you needed for spring. There you go. Like, Hell yeah. <laughs> I just want my wa- my wife and my two dogs. That's all you need and sometimes. he like teases it. He says, my wife and my two. And then he goes into the next verse and you're like, oh, you're going to tease me. <laughs> and then at the very end, he says wife and two dogs. And they're like, okay, there you go. You said the thing. So yeah, that's my, that's my song of the show. Cool. Uh, mine is Mark Ribelet, uh, Vaccinated Attitude. I sent uh, our group chat his uh, wake up song. Uh, if you don't know who this guy is, he he records all of his songs in one track, one take. He makes it up as he goes. That's what he does for his live performances. He's super high energy. He's fucking weirdo and whacked out. Um, and, you know, with everybody in Ohio that's over 16 allowed to be vaccinated, this is very appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, and this song is just, it's ridiculous. He, he made it up, like I said, all in one take. And it's about now that they're vaccinated, he can go and fuck and suck and <laughs> do all this weird shit. Yep. Then he has this interlude and he's like, well, actually there's like a two week incubation period. She's so like, and it's like he, he, he modulates his voice and he has like a conversation with himself as a, as a woman and a man. And then he asked the way he comes out of it. He's like, so you mean we can't fuck in the street? And it just hops back on the beat. It's so, it's so good, man. I love, love, love this guy. He, if you're into like off the wall, wacky shit, Give this guy uh, uh, a listen and follow him on YouTube because he does live streams and he, that's where the the get the fuck out of bed, bitch, go. <laughs> <laughs> that's where they came. He just a snippet from his live stream and it was like number eleven trending on YouTube. Um, he's he's a wild, wild man. Uh, yeah, it's fun that YouTube still has stuff like that because mm-hmm. YouTube's pretty weighed down with some vlogging bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'll I'll definitely subscribe on YouTube. Yeah. He, <laughs> He did like this. I don't know where he was in Dallas, but he would play like the same brewery. And it's just wacky to watch him just play in this small brewery, make shit up off the top of his head. Like people like, like what do we want to talk about? And people like threw tampons at him, like putting him in his tip jar. And he just sang a song about tampons, got one wet and whipped it into the crowd. He's just a weirdo. And I love it. It's like an improv show. Yeah, it it really is. It's an, it's a comedy improv show, but like very musically talented. Uh, Yeah, it's great. So, yeah, there you go. Um, Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll uh, see you next week. Bye.